episode of Working Graduates, a podcast where graduates in the Landmark Forum and Landmark Worldwide's programs share about the work they do, where they bring transformation to work, the difference they make in the world, and whatever else we happen to talk about along the way. I am Scott Herbst, co-founder of LandmarkGrads.com, an online professional community for graduates of Landmark Forum, and also the host of your podcast. So uh, today on our very first pod, I am really pleased to be welcoming Kathleen Peterson of Equinox Associates. Mm -hmm. she, uh, she wouldn't give me a title exactly, so I'm going to introduce you as the chief coach and muse for Equinox Associates, and uh, and we're going to get into the work, um, the work you do, Kathleen just in conversation. So I'm not going to say too much about that. But what I do want to say by way of introduction is that uh, I'm really, really excited to have you as our very first guest. You and I go back, I don't know, probably like five or six years now. It's not that long, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but met through business and then connected more around like transformation. It turns out we've both done the Landmark Forum. And, uh, and, and it's just obvious that there's like something about you that you're a vibrant, alive, excited person who makes a difference with your work, is easy to connect with. And, uh, and it's been a real pleasure to get to know you as we've taken courses and assisted around courses and gotten to know each other the last few years. So thanks so much for being our guest today. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me as your, your very first guest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so let's start with, um, I am curious about your participation history with well, Landmark's it, programs. It Why don't you say a little a bit about that? It goes back quite a ways. So I did the forum in 1987. And, um, and then I, I fell in love with it, like from the moment. It's like the very, very first introduction even. You was know, it even I thought, the God, Landmark it forum then? Yeah, it was the forum. Oh, it was, was it? Still, okay. Yeah, it was a two weekend forum at that at that time oh, and wow. yeah and um even in the intro i thought if this guy's telling the truth i could have every one of my dreams come true it was like i always hoped that there could be some uh possibility of of the world working and of me having my dreams and life working out you know and yeah and yet was, there was always that other part that that chatter on the other side of the brain that said yeah no you're kidding you can't do any of this you know so yeah I did everything I could get my hands on in Landmark then for four and a half years, including, mm -hmm. let's see, I, I did the, I'm a, I, I won't go through the string of courses. I did everything they had to offer in those days. And then I went on staff like right away. Oh, wow. How long were you on staff? A year and four months, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So long enough. <laughs> awesome. So that took you into the early nineties. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and then I, um, well, actually no, 87, I was, I was, uh, I started my business actually in, uh, 89 or something like that. So at right after staff, right after staff, I, I did a couple of jobs for some graduates after that, but then I realized I wanted my own, my own thing mm -hmm. and started in. So I love the work. I love everything it's done for me. I love the <clears throat> the difference I get to make for other people. Yeah. Because of it. So. 
And, um, and so now, so you said you started your business. So, uh, so 89, you want to tell us a little bit about that journey? And um, I mean, normally, well, I say normally, I don't even know what normally is. My plan was to ask you what you do. But now <laughs> I'm actually curious, because you've been in business a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, long time. yeah. So what I'm really curious is about is like, tell me about that journey and, you know, where you started and uh, the business morphed a lot. The, yeah, I have sure. transformed the business at least three or four major transformations, I guess, of the business. Yeah. It started out that I was just doing project management and things like that for people and and kind of like to figure out what it is I did want to do, do you know, because. Yeah. What were my skill sets that I could turn into a business? And I always, I was raised by two parents who were very um, productive. Like it didn't matter what they were doing necessarily. I'm not saying it was productive in a certain arena, but productive in life. Like yeah. something's, something's going to happen. Do you know, my mother yeah. who is going to be 91 in, in a couple of weeks is still asking me every day, what'd you get done today? Do you know what, uh-huh. what'd you get done today? You know? Okay. So it's, um, it's part of my DNA, I think. But more than that, I've always had a passion for people really having their dreams come true and getting the minutia out of the way. Because yeah. I don't know very many people who feel like they have enough time in the day. So for me, it's like, okay, well, what could we do to clear the clutter or clear everything out? So I became an organizer in yeah. the beginning. Okay. And I would go into all corporate. I didn't do home very much home organizing at all. I did all corporate and I would go into somebody's office and help them to figure out what their workflow was, how they personally worked, because there is no pat way of doing it that everybody should do. It's your way and yeah. my and everybody, you know, so, so finding out, like asking questions and finding out what the person needed to make sure that they could accomplish what they wanted to accomplish and get the, the little stuff just off the plate and out of the way. Maybe they're going to delegate more, or maybe they're going to, find more efficient ways of doing things or whatever. So it was, it was kind of a, a mixture of things. And I did that for, oh God, a decade at least. And I would go into offices and literally I would be in somebody's office and somebody would walk by the, the office door and they'd say, who are you? And get to my office next. And they would throw me their card from across the room if they couldn't get to me because we were organizing somebody's stuff. So so that was that was an intense time because I was busy. I was working with a client, probably three different clients a day that were like usually three hour sessions each. Oh so wow. It was a long day. And yeah. um and each person would do, you know, three, four sessions, something like that. And um before they get the streamlining work. But then I found that people were looking for things to to ask me to do with them after all of that was done. They were yeah. looking for things to keep me around because of course we were talking the whole time that we were working and what I didn't realize I was doing is providing space for them in in their thinking in other ways of operating yes and so when I started doing that I started to develop different practices and now 30 some years later I've realized that I've developed over 60 practices that I help people to you utilize and they adopt the ones that work for them and they throw the rest out. I don't care. I'm not attached to which ones you use. Yeah. Just have all these practices in my arsenal now that people can, can grab from. And yeah. um, 
create what they want to create. So it's pretty exciting. Awesome. Um, I want to, cause I know a little bit about it. Um, so I want you to, cause you've got a new course out, right? Or a re I mean, it's not brand new, but I've got uh, the beta out. Yeah. 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 You're, um, you're running it, you're testing it. Yeah. Um, and I bring it up now cause I have a feeling it has something to do with these 60 practices. It does. Totally. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, it's 12 modules long. It's all online. And, um, <clears throat> and then it's got four bonus modules. And I actually start with the bonus modules because there's such rich, I, I might even turn that into a course, you know, uh -huh. all by itself, because it's got so much of the, the foundational practices that people do. Like, um, there's something that I point out for people, and this comes from, totally comes from transformation and the work I've done over the decades with yeah. Lambda is to look for your blind spots. Uh -huh. And most of us don't want to do that. We want to avoid our blind spots if we can. Although those of us in Landmark are students of that, you know, like we are the ones who will go looking for those blind spots. And so I have a practice that I call your Achilles heel obstacle obstruction, uh, obstruction reduction. <laughs> and so Achilles heel obstacle obstruction reduction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, this, that, that title is a little bit long. We'll have to do something about that. But anyway, um, think about it. I shorten it for your Achilles heel. Once people know what it is, it's the Achilles heel. Because everybody knows the story about <clears throat> the goddess Thetis who, you know, had her son Achilles. She wanted him to be invincible. So she held him by his, his heel and dipped him into the Styx River. So he became invincible. And then yeah. he, was he, was, he lived a long life. Um, but he was eventually killed by an arrow that, that went through that one spot where she was holding him and um so we all have that we all have that achilles heel we have that one thing that's going to derail us and in some cases it might be multiple things so um for example um i am someone who's pretty efficient and pretty effective as you can imagine because i've been doing this a long time but i'm also someone who tries to fit one more thing into the schedule so i can do one more thing and then one more thing and then one more thing and pretty soon you're late you yeah. Know, so I have had to learn. That's an Achilles heel for me. I've had to learn to pad my schedule. You know, like when I was coming on my call with you, I had, you know, 15 things to do. And so at some point you have to say, no, stop doing those things and get focused on what you promised to do. And so I have had to orient myself around that Achilles heel so that I can get it out of the way and not have, not be late, you know? So I'm not known as somebody who's late for very, you know, very often. So, yeah. Um, hey, I'm curious how, just how you do that. Like, how do you, how do you spot that? So, um, so, cause I expect there's like a tendency just to like, oh, I can fill one more thing and I can fill one more thing in. Like, is there some practice that you have that is like, wait, I know I got it. Okay. Wait, hold on. There's that thing again. Right. Like, yeah. No, give myself 15 minutes here, right? Yeah. Well, the, the, the padding of the um, schedule is, is kind of like the, um, the solution to the Achilles yeah. heel. However, to be aware of it, you know, that's what this whole practice that I, that I call the Achilles heel practice, it is going to, it puts into place for people. So you start yeah. looking for where, what are my Achilles heels? And I give you a string of, of possible Achilles heels. Like here's another one. Um, you, did you see the movie up? 
with the dog that went going after the squirrel and it would go squirrel and it would, his head would, go, do you know, like, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like somebody who's easily distractible or somebody yeah, that would be looking, me. That looking would be for me. the next shiny yeah. object. Yeah. That's an Achilles heel. Yeah. So, so we look for then what are the solutions that you could do? Cause my solution might not be your solution. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's the solution that would have you be more focused when you want to be distracted or when something shows up for you, what could yes. be a new habit or a new practice that would keep you from being distracted? Like what could hold your focus when yeah. you need to focus? Yeah. Awesome. I am curious too, cause this is a new thing. And you know, so what you said, you started this business 91, 92. It was actually, yeah, right after I got off the staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now you're like right around like 30 years in business, right? Yep. Um, what, what had you like see the need or even probably then like risk your latest transformation? To start it, you mean? To start yeah, the Yeah. To like, oh, like, you know what? I'm going to try this new thing. And, um, and after 30 years, I mean, you've got to be able to like kind of float, I guess, in some way. Well, in a, in a way, you know, your bills will light a fire under your butt to make money. Sure. You know, and I, I went from, you know, I started out only charging $15 an hour and it, it didn't take me long to figure out I was not going to be able to pay insurance and everything else at $15. Yeah. There's no way. So then I, I actually, I did some work for another graduate and I was charging $75 an hour. So he charged 150 for me and, and gave me 75 and took 75. Yeah. And I went, huh? All right. Well, I could then charge 150 for this. You know, there's a market for that. So then I raised my rates and I yeah. just, you know, that's how you kind of like have to dance with it. And the, how I came up with this is that I kept hearing people being overwhelmed. They were like, I can't get to this. I, I don't have what I want in my life or <clears throat> I can't. Mostly it was around time, time and space. You know, that's the, the, the shortages. So I thought I can do something about that because I have skill sets there. Yeah. And, um, and every time I did work with somebody, I can, I can tell you there's less than, there's like two people I can think of that I didn't have a successful relationship with in my 30s years, do you know? Yeah. Um, and that was only because they really didn't want to change anything. You know, we started to move some things around and they were like, like one woman had a stack of um, papers that were like, I, I don't know, a foot high, two, a foot and a half high. And uh -huh. I couldn't see her over the stack of papers. Yeah. So I started to just move a stack of papers off to the side so I could peek through this tunnel of papers to look at her, to have a conversation. And she started yeah. to hyperventilate. And it like, she was like so upset that I was moving her wall. And yeah. I said, you know what? You're comfortable with this mess. I mean, to me, it's a mess. And to you, it's a, it's a protection. So you shouldn't work with me. And she didn't. Do you know what I mean? It was like, she mm -hmm. wanted that wall of paper and she was not going to take it down for me or anybody else. Yeah. So it had to be, I had to work with people who wanted it and they wanted to yeah. do something and they knew they could, they could get more done in life if they could just get rid of the 
clutter and the mess and the, and become more efficient and figure out how to delegate and all of that. So anyway, so that's, it's, it's been a fun journey. I've had all really amazing clients, just so much fun to work with my clients. What is, um, what's a big challenge you faced in business? And then I'm curious what, what difference having participated and really at this point, it's kind of like living a life of transformation, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what did that bring? But I mean, not just like, what did it bring? But like, how did you bring it forth? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the challenges I have is that when I'm in an office, like when I work with teams now, I have, I have some clients who have um, a staff that I work with. So I, I will coach individually 14 or 20 people, something like that. And then I will work with the leadership team and the head of the company and things like that. And then come to get right. So we pull it all together. Well, what I noticed in, in companies is that when, when a group or two people, or even one person decides that another person is out, like they're, they're not going to be included in conversations anymore, or they're the bad guy or they're whatever that there's, that, that systemic gossip that sort of stirs it up and that person becomes the bad guy. Yes. And I won't go into agreement with that. Yeah. When I'm in a company, I will not go into agreement with that. So yeah. the challenge is keeping them interested in continuing to work with me when I'm pushing their buttons to say, you need to flush this out. We need to get uh-huh. this all out of the open and get real about this. Yeah, how do you so do that? It's a t- there's it's a like because there's one thing like, I mean, because it sounds like, and correct me, but it's not that you're just not going into agreement. It's that like you're actively, if I'm hearing you right, you're actually working to undercut it. Yeah, you get totally. it. So it's not like just oh, I'm going to be hands off, wash my hands of it, but really like no, this mm-hmm. doesn't work kind of confronting about it yeah well the the real dance is that if somebody is not going to work with the synergy of a group then they probably do have to go you know there's some people who can be undermining to the productivity of the whole team yes and so i'm not going to tell them to keep that person if they are undermining the whole productivity of the organization yeah um so I do let them make their own decisions. I just throw a monkey wrench into the ranting sometimes. So I'll say, okay, well, let's just really look at this. And they, it's so funny because a couple of these companies now will, one of them in fact calls me um, Tinkerbell because they say I come in and throw pixie dust on something and every, everything starts to work better. Uh-huh. So because so to some people it looks like magic, Yeah, you know, because... I'm just saying, let's look at it from a different perspective. And I'll talk to all the parties involved, even when they won't talk to each other. And then I'll say, well, have you thought about this? And I'll give them other suggestions for why a person might be acting the way they're acting. Did you ask them this? Do you think it could be this? You know, like I'll give them different recommendations or suggestions. And then they, then I go away and they go do what they do. And things start to get better because they're starting to look at a different perspective. Like maybe these thoughts I have in my head that I'm 
sure are absolutely true, maybe are not the God's honest truth. Maybe it's my interpretation. And yeah. then they can start to have a, a crack in that veneer of, of certainty about the person being all bad. Yeah. So in some cases, the people stay. And now in one case, I know of that, that the guy is now they're looking at him as a successor for some of the people, you know, in the company, because he's now, he's no longer the bad egg. He's now the person who's possibly going to be one of their leaders, you know, and in other cases, the people are gone because they let them go. So it is a little bit of a dance, but it's a fun dance. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I'm hearing there is um, that I didn't hear you say, well, I guess what I heard you can say, you, you say is that you could see that there's something there, but you don't actually tell people what it is. It's like you ask questions like, oh, have you considered, right? Yeah, no, you can't tell them. If you tell them, that's just annoying to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people have to come to their own conclusions and their own solutions. You know, I'm not, I don't have anybody's answers. Yeah. They have their answers and they will be more um, satisfied with what decisions they make if it's theirs versus somebody else's. Yeah, no, that's really brilliant. You know, my, my tendency is to want to give people the answers. It just oh, is, right? I do want to. Yeah. I do want to. It's, it's been a real, that's my transformation that I have done over the years to have to, you know, how could I do this in a way that asks the question rather than gives them the answer? Because you on the outside as the coach or the consultant, you can see it. They can't see it because they're in it. It's like that whole fish in water thing. You know, you can see it. They can't see it. So, but, but in order for them to see it, it's not tell them about it. They literally have to see it for themselves in order to have the transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing it's like you're walking in a cave and, uh, and you're, but you're not telling people about the cave. It's more like, Hey, check that out over there. What do you think? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And what, you um, can also ask them, you know, do you want coaching? That's the other thing. Do you, do you want to talk about this? Do you want coaching in this? I had some people say, no, I don't want the coaching. I say, okay, well then there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah. Well, kind of like that woman with the stack of papers, right? Yep. Um, kind of like that one with the stack of papers. I'm curious, you know, 30, 30, almost 30 years into your business. What had you um, like go through this latest reinvention? and you know decide to launch a new program well you know i see what people are doing on the internet and i see some programs and i paid for a bunch of these programs and it's like some are good um but not a lot not i don't i didn't find a lot of them having thought through with all of the handouts and all you know like a, a whole methodology that people could use i haven't seen a whole lot of them be really fully how do i want to say this um I don't want to dis, diss them or say that they're not good. They're, they're fabulous programs, but my brain thinks in such order and logic that, you know, with regard to systemization and whatnot, that 
most people tell me, boy, your program's a whole lot more put together than some of these other ones that are more expensive out here. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, so I make sure people have um, all of the handouts and they have some written material like that they can read and they have some uh, audios and they have videos. And, I mean, they have a way to get it whole brain thinking for however they operate. Yeah. You know, rather than uh, assuming that my way is the only way. I'm even looking at possibly having them re-recorded in different voices because my voice might get tiring after 12 modules and four bonus modules. Do you know? So uh-huh. I bought some software. I don't know how to use it yet. So I have to hire my tech people to figure that part out, but I'm looking into that. Yeah. Cause you know, the sound of your voice can be boring at some point I've hired, I've bought some of these and I, I love the wisdom of the person, but it's like, I can't stand their voice. I'm like, I can't listen to this person anymore, no matter how good it is. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, well, is there anything you want to share? Um, yeah, let's see. You know, my real mission in life, if I were to tell the truth, is that you and I and everyone that we come in contact with gets to express their magnificence. Like there, that every person has a magnificence and they yeah. get to express it. And so my mission in life is to help people to express that magnificence. And I don't know what it's going to necessarily look like. And yeah. I don't really care as long as it's legal. I don't really yeah. care, you know, what it is, but I will, I'm here to help anybody who wants to get that, that, you know, magnificence expressed in the world, because in my world, that is a world that works for everyone. Isn't that awesome? I think so. <laughs> I think so too. I am Thank totally you. enrolled. I, well, so I'm going to share that I'm actually in the, um, I have another question now. Um, I'm in the breakthrough seminar right now. Okay. And uh, one of the things we just covered was uh, keeping a context present. So it's like when you have a breakthrough, the, what allowed for the breakthrough was uh like some shift in the context you were operating from. And, and I think that, and then, then the, the, I don't know what you call it, but I'm going to call it the punchline, right? The punchline is like, why, how to sustain a breakthrough, sustain and expand a breakthrough then is to actually nurture and maintain the context. And, uh, you know, people are magnificent and that gets to be expressed as a pretty awesome context to operate a business from and i'm curious do you have any practices that you use to keep that yeah what am i, I working to say here you yeah, you know no, I, yeah go ahead. Alive. i get it yeah. i get it to keep it present for myself totally yes. um <clears throat> number one the very first thing is um i have a practice of acknowledgement uh-huh. so i acknowledge people a lot Yes. I acknowledge what I see and, and, you know, the difference that people are making, you know, um, you know, I've acknowledged you before for, you know, being the one who had the conversation with me. Yeah, it's, no, it's great. It's probably why I wanted you as a first guest. Like <laughs> this'll, this'll make me feel good. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. No, cause you, you may have made a very huge impact in my life. You know, the fact that you were willing to you, you went in deep with me, like you had a conversation with me when I was kind of being rackety and on it about not doing the Wisdom Unlimited courses, 
you know, and you were passionate about it. And I was willing to have that conversation with you just because you asked and, and you had a straight conversation with me, but it wasn't a make wrong conversation. It was really something that had me look <clears throat> at my life and my family and what I wanted and what was next. And I got to see things about that course that I had not seen because truthfully with any one of the landmark programs, if you're, if you're into the transformation and you're in doing your own work, there's not a bad program there. So of course you're going to get something out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. So why would we resist any of them? Why, why would we not go to all of them? You know, yeah. so, you know, for me, the budget was a big thing, you know, for, um, for wisdom, it's, it's not the cheapest course. However, um, there's something about, if you break it down, that course is less expensive than the forum. Right. And it provides so much access to this whole, un, um, let's revealing the blind spots and getting through them and, and having an even more miraculous life. That's to me, it's the best kept secret in landmark. Um, but so you, you've made a huge impact in my life by introducing me to that and and now my life has morphed so many times just since 2016 when I took that course. The first yeah. time I, I am unrecognizable to me since I took that course. And, and like, because I keep participating around the wisdom division, either on assisting or in the course, you know, it keeps unfolding and keeps unfolding and keeps yeah. unfolding. So, um, so thank you for, first of all, thank you. But you asked what my practice was. My practice is to look for what I see right in people. Yeah. It's, easy, it's easy for the human brain to see what's wrong. It's so yeah. easy to find that. It takes a practice to look for what's right and look for what you see in other people. And that doesn't mean you step over the crap either. You know, that if there's stuff to deal with, you also have to talk about it. Yeah. The practice is to, is to look at integrity, my integrity. Yeah. And um, there is a, um, I mean, if anything, the underlying theme of everything in Landmark is integrity, right? Yeah. So, but not integrity, moral, did you do something right or wrong or whatever? The integrity of, is it right for you? And is it right within your, what you desire? Do you know? So, um, so I use a form that they used. I, I think the introduction leaders program uses it. And someone shared it with me at one point, like, Where's your integrity out with your car and your house and your this yeah. and your communications or whatever. So about every three to six months, I pull that form out and I review it and I redo it. And I look at what's out and what needs to be addressed. So okay. that becomes conscious for me Yeah, because I think they say integrity is the mountain with no top. Is that what it is? Yeah. There's a, there's a quote out there that it's a, a mountain with no top. So you right. better learn to love the climb, something like yeah. that. So, yeah. cause really, you know, it doesn't matter if you do it on a cyclical basis, once a year, once a, once a month, once a week, I don't, you know, every quarter, it doesn't matter what the person chooses as long as you're constantly in a, in a habit of looking at where your integrity is out, you know, for you and what is right for you. Yeah. You know? Cause otherwise you're not being true to yourself. Yeah. So that's a, that's like um, one of those um, benchmarks that I keep coming back to. That's yeah. part of my practice, my own integrity. And then I already forgot the other one I told you. The acknowledgement. Oh, acknowledgement. Like, yeah, acknowledgement. You know, um, I like that. I like um, 
I, I like the practice of acknowledgement. Here's what I like about it is that it actually it's so it's not just like sitting there thinking about what's great about people, but it's actually getting out here in the world. And and I suspect there's just something different about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I actually you bring it up now. It's funny because um, uh, my girlfriend, um, you know, one thing I'm at work on in my life is interrupting this pattern where like I go through this cycle where um she's great every time oh my god i love her and then like something happens and i get like irritated and then it's like five days of like should i be here blah 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 right and um and so i'm actively at work on how do i interrupt that and because it is it's like well why can't i just be in that part where i think she's great and i love her um instead you can. Of, yeah well no so to your point i actually uh, this week, um, Sunday, we had a little fight and, and then Monday she was like, she just being so sweet and I was still irritated. Right. Um, but then I'm kind of like, oh, here we are in this pattern again. But what I did was I was like, oh, wow. Like she just like, she just gave up on, she just got off it. Right. And my God, I wish I could be more like that. So I told her that I said, like, you know, I just really appreciate like how you just let things go and you're back to being loving. And I really admire that about you. And I wish I could be more like that. And then it was gone, you know, and then I was like, oh, my God, how does that work? The upset was gone, you mean? Yeah, I was just like back in love. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ben, but there well, was something it, about that, like actually acknowledging her instead of just thinking She's great, you know? Yeah. Well, you bring up another point. And one of the other practices that I do is um, look for withheld communications. So Mm. in that case, that was a withheld acknowledgement. Most people think withheld communication is the bad stuff that you don't want to say. And most people won't say it because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. But a lot of times we don't say the good stuff. And that withheld communication is, hey, you're amazing. Do you know? And it because again, it's your human brain that does not want the transformation, that kind of, that sm- self with the small S, you yeah. know, that doesn't want the transformation. It wants things status quo. It wants us to be right. It wants, you know, but there's no goodies there and there's yeah. no possibility of relationship expansion there. Do you know? Yeah. So that's why go after it. So you want to also look for those withheld communications and then find a way to say them in a way that works for you and for the other person. That is awesome. And if you take total accountability for the fact that it's your feelings instead of theirs, you know, like she didn't do anything to you. You're having a reaction to whatever she did, right? Yeah. Well, and even for part of it, she was being like completely sweet and loving. And I'm like, God, why am I such a jerk? You know, right? Yeah, but there's no cheese in that tunnel either. You're still making yourself wrong. You weren't making her wrong anymore. Now you're making yourself wrong. Yeah. Awesome. Nothing happens in make room. Oh, cool. Well, um, so I just, I mean, I just completely got something out of that conversation. Good. Yeah. Good. Something I completely saw. You know, the other thing I want to say about your relationship is that I remember back in the beginning of my relationship. So I met Hans, my husband in Landmark. So we did the six day together and met way back in the, in the late eighties. Oh, wow. Okay. We met there. And so we've been together ever since we've been married for 33 years. And 
34 in a week or two. And, um, and I remember that first year together, I thought if anybody would have told me this year was going to look like this, I don't think I would have done it because Mm -hmm. I had been independent. I was in, I was 32 when we got married. So, you know, it was like, there was like, I don't need this, you know what I mean? And I wanted to leave all the time because it was like, every time he'd do something jerky, I'd want it out. Yeah. There came a point. So I, so I was, I was being the way you're being, and he was the one that kept getting off it. And, um, we started making a pact. Like if I do this, then that, like, like if I get on it, I had an on it face and I would purse my lips, cross my arms, and I would be, and so he would come up and he would just wiggle my upper lip with his finger uh-huh. or he'd, he'd wiggle this uh, crease between the crease between my brows and, or he'd mimic it and he's bald. And, you know, it's, it's this little bald guy doing that face and I would start to laugh. And so it actually made me younger. He actually made me younger over the years because by getting rid of that, that rackety structural language, like the, the physical yeah. You know, I don't have as many wrinkles that I would have had Uh had I kept doing that face over and over again. Yeah. And so I got to the point where the minute I'd start to do it, it would just go away and I stopped doing it. Uh huh. So um, so we made it kind of a game out of it that made it more doable. Um, Other times when I was most upset with him and I was yelling and I was just he'd say, I think you need a hug. And I'd say, I don't need a hug, get away, you know, like whatever. And he'd say, I think you need a hug. And he would hug me. And that pressure or the feeling of, you know, and then being in an embrace, of yeah. course, you're going to melt eventually, right? Yeah. And so you might practice some new fun things to do that'll shift up the, the whole scenario when you're in an upset. That's awesome. Or you could make a pact that, as soon as one person gets off it, the other person agrees they'll get off it too. Awesome. So there's lots of, lots of things you can play with. You're, you're in a fun stage of your relationship. Yeah. And then, it, then I will tell you this, something will happen and it just flips and it's like, you don't have those upsets and you don't want to leave anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, why would I leave this? This is so good. Why would I leave this? Do you know? Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you one more time. Uh, is there anything else you want to share? <laughs> Let's see. I don't see anything right now. I think I'm complete. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And oh, being my pleasure. And so fun. I mean, it's been a, we haven't been talking that long, but it feels like a wide ranging conversation that personally i got a lot out of and i'm excited to share with people oh it's so great and, uh, and yeah. thanks for making the first one easy and fun my pleasure thanks for having me awesome. and um, do tell us really where fun. uh people can reach you because um because you just shared a lot about some really great work you do where can people find you uh well of course i'm on linkedin and all and facebook and everything else but um probably kathleen at equinoxassociates.com is my um email yeah, um, that's Kathleen Equinox like Spring Equinox Associates like Associates. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, my cell is 847-530-7208. So if people want to call me or text me, they can do that. Um, I'm in the process of revamping everything. So the whole the website's being redone and everything. They can go to equinoxassociates.com, but it's not going to say as much as what we 
discussed today. Yeah. So right now, but I'm working on it. So hopefully soon. Awesome. I think I say that all the time though. I think I'm always morphing my website. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. When you're up to transformation, it's always going out of date, right? Yeah. 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 Changes on a dime. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen. And uh, thank you to everyone who's listening and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. The Landmark Forum and other programs are registered trademarks of Landmark Worldwide and Landmark Grads and LandmarkGrads.com are not affiliated with or endorsed by Landmark Worldwide.